everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver. And just a reminder, if you are listening on iTunes or listening on Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening, why don't you follow the show and make sure that you don't miss a single episode. Here's why I'm telling you that, because today's episode is one of those ones you're going to want to go back and listen to again, because I'm excited to have Katie Newell with me today. Katie is a creative production manager for Amplify Church. She is a wife and mom, a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh School of Dental Medicine, and takes pride in being born and raised in Largo, Florida. Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. What It's kind of ironic because today, as we record this episode, I am basically in Largo, Florida, and you, my friend, are not, which is not meant to be a slight of any kind. It's just the (laughs) irony of where I get to be and where you are. I love that so much. (laughs) I'm happy you're there if I can be. (laughs) Somehow it's like being finding joy in what's going on in the life of others, and that's a fantastic outlook to have. That's what you have to do sometimes. (laughs) Right. I asked Katie to come on today because she has experience in kind of the term that's been being used right now in our world with COVID-19 is the idea of a new normal. And it's, that's not my favorite term, but it's what everyone's using to describe it. So Katie has the experience of really dealing with a new normal. So Katie, can you share with us the backstory of what happened in your life that kind of changed how normal feels in your family? Yeah. So I have two kids. I have a daughter that is four. Her name's Piper. And my son Harrison is now two. And when my son was about six months old, we started realizing that he um, had some eczema on his face. And it was around that same time that he was trying his first foods. And one of the very first foods we gave him, um, he had an allergic reaction to. And so we did the whole, took him to the doctor. We ended up going to the emergency room. And from that point forward was really just a whole, I don't know, it was a whole new world, a whole new experience that we never anticipated when we (laughs) planned on having kids. Um, He ended up having Uh, about 10 food allergies. And so we've really over the past two years just been trying to figure out how to navigate feeding him and not only, you know, just making sure he's healthy, but making sure he enjoys foods and gets to enjoy the same life that everyone else does. So that's the journey that we've been on for the past couple years. It's so interesting because food is such a major part of all of our lives, right? We, It's about sitting down and enjoying a good meal. It's so many times our life revolves around food and now you have a child whose food options are limited. Yeah, it's just crazy. You don't really realize how much you take for granted until it's taken away from you. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been a learning experience for sure. In full disclosure, I'm going to have to say that my kids and I love your family and we spend some time together and my two girls, Lauren and Chloe, watch your kids often enough. And you have the only two-year-old that I know of. When you ask him what he wants to eat, he's all about chips and hummus. Yes, he loves chips and hummus. <laughs> so tell me that as you're getting the results of this allergy 
test. At least I'm assuming it was an allergy test. Yeah. After we experienced the asthma and the allergic reaction situation, it was about about six months after that that we were able to get him tested just because of his age. And he came back with about, um, I think it was around eight food allergies and two environmental allergies. So what's your reaction? Well, it's funny you should ask because I thought that there would be someone to tell me what to do next. You know what I mean? You're given this list of foods that your child can't eat anymore. Um, and it's not random foods. It's not like, oh, he just can't have peanuts. Well, we'll avoid peanut butter and whatever, you know, Snickers or whatever. It's staple foods that everyone eats every day and you probably would never even think about it. It's dairy, it's wheat, it's eggs, normal staple foods that he can no longer have. And we're walking out of the allergist's office and they hand me a piece of paper telling me what to do if he has if he goes into anaphylactic shock, which is basically he eats a food that his body rejects and his body shuts down and he stops breathing. And I walk with him to my car with this piece of paper, not knowing what can he eat now. And over the next several months, I'm still nursing him, by the way, just to make sure that even if I don't know what to feed him, at least he's getting nourishment. And over the next six months to a year, um, I ended up accommodating my diet to make sure that I also was not consuming any of the foods that would give him a reaction. Ended up losing about 15 pounds because most of the time, I, if I wasn't sure what to eat, I just wouldn't eat at all just from being so scared that I would eat something that would later give him a reaction. And just living in a lot of fear, not knowing what to do, having no support and feeling like I had to figure out how to help my son survive almost by myself. That's got to be such a lonely place. And you figure... Harrison's not the only person in the world with this experience, but it's it's such a radical life change for you having mm-hmm. to alter your diet to make sure that you're not affecting him. And then for now for him to make sure – it's not like you can go over on Thanksgiving dinner and everybody gets together. Well, he can't have the stuffing and he can't have you know just the, the list of things that he can't have – it becomes very difficult. But what you said there that I found to be interesting is that they give you the list of what he can't have, but there's no one that gives you the list that says, okay, this is what he now can have. They give you the negative, but there's no positive to go with that. So what did you have to do to, to figure out that positive side of things? It's a lot of research, a lot of trying things. And I don't know, I, f- I definitely have gotten that question a lot, but When you put yourself in that situation and you realize that you are the only one who has your child's health, it's all all the responsibility is on you to make sure that your child's healthy. You figure it out. You do the research, a lot of Pinteresting, a lot of Googling. Um, Unfortunately, with allergies being so common these days, there's any number of combinations that of 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 ingredients that kids can be allergic to. So there's no one place that you can go that has recipes just for your child's specific allergies. So um, it's just a lot of prayer, a lot of researching, and there definitely is a downturn at first. Like I said, I lost so much weight just not knowing 
what I could eat and I just wouldn't eat because it was safer. Even if it was harmful to me, it was safer for him. And so that's what I went through for a period of time. But once you get out of that dip, um, it things start, start to look up and you get back into that upswing and um, you have that knowledge bank now where you can start moving forward and not just eating to survive, but also to enjoy what you're eating. Yeah. It, it feels like, you know, to use a pool analogy, it wasn't like they, they put you in, in the shallow end and just made sure that you could swim. Like you get dropped in straight in the deep end and you've got to figure out what's going on. And it's like you said, it's really about survival and it's about building those tools. Is that, am I right in my understanding there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely nobody's fault. Um, that's just the way the way life is sometimes where something happens that you weren't expecting and it's it's my responsibility to take care of him. So yeah, we definitely got thrown into the deep end, not knowing even that same day going home and thinking, okay, well now what are you going to eat? Um, luckily he was a baby, so I was able to nurse him for a long time. But even just having an older sister where she doesn't have any food allergies and he's learning to eat and um, even just learning how to pick up foods. And of course, toddlers pick up foods that are on the floor all the time and managing that. Um, yeah, I definitely would would describe it as being thrown into the deep end and, and you just got to figure out how to swim. Yeah. So from my perspective, I, I know that our situations are different, but you know, 27 years ago, having a spinal cord injury, it's yeah, there are tons of people out there that have a spinal cord injury, but I've got to figure out how to make my way through life because my abilities are limited. The areas I can go are limited. All of it. You, you live in this world of limitations that you can't do this, you can't do that. But what you're talking about is this is a healthy, you know, otherwise healthy kid. And he's a child that is developing. And your goal in this is to give him the nutrition and the um, food that he needs in order to be able to develop intellectually and socially and emotionally and for the food really to become a non-issue in his development. I think um, one of my favorite parts about this whole learning experience that we've been on is that after we got through that really hard period, you know, it didn't last forever. There was an other side to it. Um, we had some learning to do. And once we got to the other side, I really realized that the life I'm living now is healthier because I did have to go through that. And so I'm not saying I'm happy that Harrison uh, has the allergies that he does. But on the other hand, I would say that he, like you said, he asked for chips and hummus. He has a very um, healthy diet. And so there definitely is a bright side to that. What you just said there is something I really want to highlight because Right now, I'm thinking as we go through this whole COVID-19 experience and we're talking about getting the economy started and we're talking about getting uh, you know, America restarted, it's going to be a learning curve and things are not going to be what they used to. Or we're going kind of in baby steps and there are things that we're not going to be able to accomplish, things that we're not going to be able to do and things that especially we're not going to do like we used to do. But it doesn't change the fact that there is still hope. There is still life. There is still something that that's there to enjoy. And what, what you're seeing is he actually, because of assessing 
what he's eating and being more aware of what he's eating, he's healthier for that. So you've got a kid at two years old who is not eating junk food, who's eating healthy, he's doing well. And in some ways, I think that our country has the same potential to reassess where we are and to think about what we were doing. There's so many people talking about how we're going to move forward from this and our limitations and how things are going to be different. But I think about how, you know, we prune back trees when we want them to bloom because we know that sometimes you have to get rid of stuff in order for things to grow into their full potential. So um, I definitely see that parallel here. So do you ever find yourself like pining for what you used to eat or is it just kind of moving forward and saying, hey, this is where we are. Let's go. It's both. It's both. Um, there's some things I, I tell people when they cut out certain things from their diet. You know, in 2020, there's so many, like I said, there's so many people with food allergies these days that there are so many replacements now. You can get replacements for dairy and for peanut butter and for wheat, and it's amazing. But you have to realize that sometimes the replacements are are not exactly um, – they don't exactly taste the same as the original food does. But if you look at it like it's a totally different food, like if you're um, if you're eating ice cream for the first time and it's non-dairy ice cream, so you might have to look at it from the perspective of it being a totally new dessert that you've never tried before instead of this is ice cream. I'm so excited I get to eat ice cream. And that's the case with any new normal. Sometimes you have to look at it as a, its own separate experience rather than comparing it to what you think it should be or what it used to be. And so from that perspective, um, no, there really isn't anything that I'm missing out on. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. It's so smart what you're talking about is ice cream is ice cream. Like you can't really have anything else. Anything else is going to be less than the original. But when you're looking at it to say, okay, hey, I'm doing a dessert and let's enjoy this dessert for what it is. Uh, yeah. Great thinking. Because I guess what I'm thinking about there is also this. How much do you hold on to the past and wish for what was or wish for, wish for your son just to be like everybody else's kid who can eat whatever? Um, and how do you let go of the, those feelings and kind of grab onto what you have? Yeah, from just a food perspective in and of itself, I don't envy the the quote unquote normal life for him at all, only because he is so healthy. Um, there's so many things that my daughter Piper eats that I would love for her not to eat. But now that she's gotten into the habit of eating them, of course, it's hard to break a four-year-old of that. And people deal with that their whole lives, eating things that they wish they didn't eat. Um, sure. So from that perspective, I I am totally happy with where he is. Um, where I wish things were different was just the, is just the knowledge that um, he's only ever one bite of food away from uh, an anaphylactic reaction, you know, he, um, I think he was about two years old and he had been eating pizza regularly. He, we found a, um, gluten-free pizza that he could have with vegan cheese and no tomato sauce and just pepperonis on it. It's basically a, a piece of flour, you know, some flour with pepperonis on it. <laughs> right. And, um, and we happened to get pesto on it. I don't know why, 
I've never made pesto. I'm not a big pesto person. So I didn't realize that most pestos have Parmesan cheese in them. So he had a few pieces before we realized that he was having a reaction and we had to call an ambulance. And um, uh, where was I going with that? What was the question? <laughs> um, I have no idea. You're, the story is like, it's fascinating oh, oh, I to remember. me. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So from that, from that experience, just realizing that he, he was only one bite of food away from what, what was a life threatening reaction. And luckily we had EpiPens on hand and we were able to give him, um, an EpiPen injection. But just from that point forward, just the realization that he, that life is so fragile and that, and that this terrible, um, this terrible circumstance of him having all these food allergies is going to be something that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's hard for for a mom to deal with. But other than that, I'm I'm really grateful that he's healthy. It's an incredible thing to me because so many people, as they go through life, it's about how you look at life and you have a choice between just kind of sitting and being miserable about what you don't have or what the limitations are or you kind of make some changes and adapt and um, you grow as a result of every experience that you go through, even the most difficult ones. How did you make that choice to, to allow this experience to, to, to grow and to, to not be resentful and to be positive through it? Well, I think in a lot of situations like this, we don't have a choice. I, I don't feel like I made the choice to be positive about it. We just had, like like I said, we were thrown into the deep end and we didn't have a choice. Um, as far as being positive about it, this is my son's only life and his only chance to enjoy childhood. So it's my mission in life to make his food eating experience as positive as I can. And I enjoy doing that because I enjoy seeing him happy. So there really is no other option for me. That, that's, that's amazing. Um, you look at it and you say, okay, what, I, what I've heard you say there and what I heard you say before is what is best for my son? What is best for Harrison? How do we give him that? And then you have the joy of watching him grow and develop as a kid at who, I mean, can you give us a little bit of insight into what's what's he like apart from the fact that He's got these food allergies. Um, he's 100% boy. <laughs> he he loves Legos. He loves dinosaurs. He loves Spider-Man. He loves his Spider-Man costume. Um, he's very social. He's a lot more like my husband um, than he is like me, although he looks a lot like me, I think. Um, yeah, he's he's absolutely full of life. And if you were to look at him, um, without knowing anything about him, you would never know that there was anything wrong with him. He he is plenty healthy. He's never had uh, any problem consuming food or keeping on weight. <laughs> um, he's a normal, healthy, healthy looking and relatively healthy at the moment um, two year old boy. <laughs> yeah, it runs in my mind every time I see him. Not only does he love dinosaurs, but half the time he thinks he likes to act like he's a dinosaur and he's roaring and running around uh, with his hands in the air. So, yeah, it's it's one of those reminders that he is growing up not not 
aware of any of the danger that's that's surrounding him. I mean, as a mom and dad, you guys are kind of carrying that pressure, but he's blissfully unaware. He knows what he's allowed to eat and what he's not allowed to eat. But apart from that, he's just like any other kid. It, right. Absolutely. And I love that about him. Um, and I, I love that about just parenting in general, how when they're so young, you shape so much of their life. And, um, and just the fact that he has no idea he's not allowed to eat certain foods and he's not suffering without certain foods. Um, he can see goldfish on the floor and not give a care in the world, not touch it, not go for it. Um, because that's the life he knows. And so that's also why I love so much, um, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, being responsible for his health. But just the fact that I was able to cultivate that mindset where he knows what he's allowed to have and he's happy with those boundaries. Um, it's very fulfilling as a mom. <laughs> that's what you, I mean, as a parent, that's what you're looking for, right? You, you just want your kids to grow up and, and to um, the joy of watching them develop and reach milestones is, is awesome and, and fun. Are you becoming more comfortable? Are you still feeling the stress and anxiety of that um, every day? He's, he's one bite away or like, how do you become more comfortable with that? How do, how do you handle the anxiety that you had when you get the initial thing, when you have the experience of him eating pizza with pesto on it? Does, does that anxiety go away? Does that How does that all work for you? I don't think it goes away. I think you learn to um, adapt to it. Um, I, if, you, if you wanted to, you could live your whole life in, in an anxious state. But if you are armed with the knowledge that you need to be able to protect yourself or your child or whoever it is you're dealing with that has allergies like this, um, I think you just grow in confidence in yourself that you know what they are and aren't allowed to have. You grow in confidence as you learn about different foods and what brands contain different ingredients. Even prescription medications have different um, allergens in them. And also just trusting God that he's going to take care of your child and and he loves your child more than you do. Um, Yeah, if, if, if I wanted to, I could be anxious every day, but it's just a choice to um, to understand that I can only control what I can control, and I'm controlling as much as I can. But but beyond that, I just have to trust God that He's going to be okay. Yeah, I, I'm thinking again about this as people are dealing with COVID nineteen. The environment around us looks the same. It's we live in the same house. It, it, you know, we're working in the same jobs. We're we're looking for things that how it's all going to be the same, but the way that we engage the world and the way that we interact with the world and what we can and can't do is going to be different as we go back. And it's, it's going to be a, a learning and adapting process that could cause a lot of anxiety. But I, I think what you're talking about is as you get used to it, as you arm yourself with knowledge, that's going to be what helps us to be able to, to move forward and not to be so concerned all the time. So let me just ask real quick, kind of as a wrap up question, when you're doing this, you mentioned the fact that you're having to do alternative foods. How do you get those new foods? You have to shop at a different store. Are you having to do all your shopping online? Where are you getting the foods that you love and how do you move forward with that? 
Oh my gosh, that is a difficult question to answer. Yes, I shop at every grocery store in person and online. Um, I would say I shop at maybe about 10 different stores to get food for Harrison. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's it's a lot of research and figuring out what foods are safe for him and and shopping around and, and figuring out um, what I can get where. It's 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 a challenge at the beginning, but like I said, you learn to to um, that's just your new way of life after a while. And just because it's a new way of life doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um, it's a new way of life, but it's still life, and you've still got two amazing kids. And uh, I'm happy for you with your kids, and I'm you know knowing your kids, I, I feel like I love your kids almost like they're my own. So you've got great kids and the new reality is just how you, it's peripheral. It's not the central focus of what's going on in your life. Katie, you've been wonderful. I so appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, As you know, at the end of every podcast, we do three questions to establish your humanity. You have proven that you are smart. I have definitely learned from you today. And so are you ready for your three questions? I'm ready. Okay. With all the food awareness, what is your cheat snack or the food that tastes like it's cheating even if it's not? Oh my goodness. It's the Oreos that I found. Oh, had to have been a couple months ago now. Um, I had a challenge with Oreos for a long time. I love Oreos, but they, they actually do not have any dairy in them. That might surprise you. There's no dairy in that filling. It's the gluten. It's the wheat. And so I finally was able to find wheat-free, soy-free Oreos, and it's it's not been good. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. So, so you've got two kids running around at two and four years old. What is the funniest or the coolest thing that has happened in the past week? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That might take me a few minutes to answer. Hmm. I would say I'm not very good at telling funny stories, so I'll just think of my proudest moment. It's just my kids learning, honestly. I know that's not a very fun answer, but just hearing your kids say things that you would say. um, I always say to my kids, can you say da-da-da, you know, whatever, so that they learn how to enunciate things. And so we were talking about a bunny rabbit, and I said, said, did you see a bunny rabbit this morning? Piper said, yeah. And Harrison said, can you say bunny rabbit? <laughs> nice. I love it. So, so you're having a Dora the Explorer moments with your kids in which, I, can you say, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they're turning it around and say, can you say bunny yeah. rabbit? So be careful what it. you say. <laughs> right. Um, last question for you. What is your favorite family tradition? My favorite family tradition is probably... There is this Canadian board game. My dad is Canadian. Both of his parents were born in Canada. And there's this Canadian board game called Crokinole that we always used to play when we would get together at my grandparents' house. And and it just brings back so many memories of my grandparents and being there all the time in in Seminole, Florida. (laughs) Fantastic. So I didn't realize this. My dad is Canadian as well. in all the time that I've known you, never knew that we shared that in common. (laughs) But um, very small world and very cool. Katie, you have put together 
a cool resource for my listeners. Tell me about what it is that you've created for us. Yeah, I just made a list of my favorite um, allergen-friendly food substitutes that we go to. I mean, we eat most of these foods on a daily, if not weekly basis. And I just want to mention it might not be all the foods on here might not be safe for everyone because I recognize that everyone has a different combination of food allergies. But there's so many amazing go to's on this list that you can use to make your favorite recipes and just substitute out any of the ingredients that you need. So um, I hope that this resource helps somebody that's really struggling or looking for a specific ingredient that they can't find. Um, This is these are our, our favorite foods to go to. Fantastic. I appreciate that. See, I remember in Sunday school, they were talking about unleavened bread and somebody asked the kids what's unleavened bread and the the kid answered, like, it's bread made without any ingredients. Um, so, uh, so when you're talking about looking at substitutes, we can't make anything without any ingredients, but we can make it without the ingredients that uh, yeah. can be potentially harmful to folks. So Katie, thank you so much for being on the show. I, you have been a tremendous resource. This has been very ex- uh, interesting and informative. I want to thank everybody for listening today. This has been Learning from Smart People. I'm your host, Rob Oliver. Check us out online. It is learningfromsmartpeople.com. And again, I will remind you, if you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody.